Hi, and welcome to the HeartSeed Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goldstein, and we're talking to inspiring people about heart-opening, soul-enlivening, body-enhancing practices intended to help us cultivate health and enhance our lives. If this is your first time listening, welcome, and if you're coming back for another time, welcome back and enjoy. Lopa Vandermersch, founder of Rasa Coffee, about adaptogens as herbal allies on the quest for emotional resilience. Lopa has lived one of those lives so packed full of crazy stories that you wouldn't believe her if she shared them all. From burning dead bodies to joining cults, to co-founding two startups in renewable energy and traveling the world. All of which has led her now to being the founder, CEO, and official troll handler of rasa a small company with a big mission to change the way we energize through the power of replacing coffee with herbs Um, at heartseed health we wrote a guide with practices for emotional resilience which you can download for free on our website and of course we couldn't include everything nutritional and herbal supplementation was one of those things that was just too big of a topic to include and um, we ended up leaving it out. So I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, I think Rasa Coffee is like an amazing, very like simple, balanced herbal formula that can also be drunk in like a ritual way, um, similar to coffee, that can help with uh, that capacity for emotional resilience. And so first of all, Thank you so much for making the time to be here and share and chat and talk. I'm really excited about connecting. Um, And I was hoping for our listeners who aren't familiar with you and with Rasa Coffee, you could just kind of give like a brief introduction to what that is and then we'll dive deeper. Sure, sure. So um, Rasa is a line of coffee alternatives based on a 12 herb formula. Um, that is packed with adaptogens, and that's one of the keys leading into that um, emotional resilience piece that we'll get into. Um, And we have three different products. There's an original version that's just 12 herbs, a cacao version that has cacao mixed with them, and then dirty, which has coffee. And, um, you know, in general, it's just intended to be a more nourishing alternative to coffee. Uh, There is an energizing component as well, but I think one of the things that people don't really recognize and people from a, more of a holistic medicine perspective do see is that coffee has a net depleting effect. Um, so you, you feel energy today, but you know in Chinese medicine, they say that it borrows energy from tomorrow mm. to fuel today. And um, <clears throat> I started Rasa um, after my first son was a few months old. I was in the postpartum phase, which is when, like, you know, any mom can tell you, like, that's when depletion is just at its most. Definitely. And I was exhausted and needed energy to get through. And coffee's never been a really good fit for me, um, my own body. But society, you know, just really, like, there's a sort of undercurrent that, like, speaks, like, oh, when you're a mom, you just chug coffee. <laughs> like, that's just what you do. Um, and so I was like, I found myself like reaching to coffee and being like, no, this is not going to work. I'm at my most depleted. 
um, I need something that's going to fill me up as well. And um, I looked at all the coffee alternatives that were out there and I wanted something that energized, would nourish and replenish me and just fill me up from within um, and taste great. And I didn't see anything that fit mm. that. So um, like a really smart person, I started a business with a five month old, um, got together with an uh -huh. herbalist and she created the formula. And uh, yeah, not something necessarily that I would do again, but also, you know, life just does those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine like doing both the business and, you know, having that, that newborn and, um, yeah. What was the, what was that like? I know that the first, um, you know, every business has its, its journey. And this was a few years ago. And, um, to be fully honest, the first year was mostly, conflict with my co-founder aka the herbalist who formulated it okay um so we didn't in that sense it was very stressful she was a very dear friend of mine she still is fortunately we managed Good. to work through it um yeah. but um you know it was just very trying um so the the stress was very high on that level from an emotional perspective right. but it wasn't the same level of stress as when like the business has started and you're uh -huh. losing money and you know right um, and we were we were still selling, but it was pretty um, low key. But what was maybe even worse was that um, I had planned on sort of doing the hard launch of the business um, when I was a few months pregnant with my second son. <laughs> um, and because things never go the way you think, especially in product businesses, I think just because, you know, and especially we have a very complicated we're ordering herbs from China and packaging. We've been committed to compostable packaging the whole way, but that's yeah. created all these problems and um, and ended up not really hard launching the business until basically four weeks after my second son oh. was born. <laughs> totally not the way I planned it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was doing a fair amount of that like launch work from like I was trying to maintain postpartum health and was yeah. fully reclined for that entire time but was still doing a lot of work on my phone with uh -huh. the baby on my boob yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's that sounds i actually started my doctoral program uh right before my second son child was born yeah and yeah oh it was kind of i was like wait why am i doing this this <laughs> exactly. is not the best time yeah um but um yeah so i'm curious i'm curious how you would define emotional resilience. I don't. I know, like, yeah. I'm sort of like popping that question. You haven't had yeah. to think about yeah. it, but it's. I, I love the question, um, and it's actually, it. I, it's interesting because I've identified as a very <clears throat> resilient person. Um, I've been through a lot, and um, and and internal and external. Um, I feel like for me, emotional resilience comes down to the ability to bounce back. Mm. Um, after being hit with whatever you're being hit with in life. And um, also that ability to pick oneself up by the bootstraps um, mm. when you're down, because okay. that is going to happen. And how it's, I, I don't want to say like, you know, when you're down, you automatically have to pick yourself up. Like right. that doesn't seem like resilience either. That can be bypassing. Uh -huh. um, but it's about like allowing yourself to feel the feelings and then yes. also knowing having that internal wisdom to know when it's time to say like, okay, we're going to make some changes and we're going to, you know, shift towards something different. Like depression now is going to, I'm going to careen towards something healthier or whatever the, the symptom may be. 
Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's interesting because I think I've always thought of it more in terms of like how big is your buffer? Mm. How, how, how much can you like withstand and hold and yeah. before <clears throat> you, um, before you fold, so to yeah. speak. And with an awareness that like, yeah, the bounce back, how quickly can you bounce back when you do crash is, is also part of it. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I am hearing like more of an emphasis on that, like being able to bounce back. And, and I think, and I, I appreciate that. I think when you, when you put the term like emotional resilience on uh-huh. it, for me, that puts, that makes me remember some of the times that I've been really low. And for me, the resilience feels like it comes from that stepping back towards health. Um, but I totally agree with you. There's there's the sort of upper level and the lower level. Right. The, yes. You know, and that full spectrum, I think, is is the mm. spectrum of resilience. It's it's how quickly do you get knocked, and right. then how quickly do you come back up? Right. Well, and I also think of it. I, I think for me, it's alive most most these days in terms of like with the kids and like how quickly do I lose it? <laughs> totally. And yeah. then once I do lose it, like how yeah, how quickly do I like okay reset and and but which is um a little bit different from this like bigger picture kind of uh like a longer term maybe bigger dips and so i'm curious like what have you in your life in the past what's helped you feel resilient and tap into whatever that pull yourself up is yeah 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 it's a good question um and you know there's there's the internal and the external you know in general um of course i can talk about adaptogens and how they have been tremendously helpful for me with that on the external level on the internal level you know I think there's some um just a commitment to integrity with myself and I know that when I'm really down in some way that on some level I'm not it's just it's a symptom of being out of balance and not necessarily that I'm out of integrity but it's like I'm it's just a marker that I need to get back to it. And I think that that sense of balance and rightness is very, um, I've spent a lot of time like trying to calibrate that and stay in tune with it. Yeah. And so when I go off and I have gone way off, (laughs) let's not be like shy about that. Um, but, uh, there's some part of me that remembers like, Oh, like happiness is available. You know, balance is available. Health is available. I just need to, and sometimes it's taken a lot of work to get there. I've had a lot of health challenges and all of that. Um, but I think that um, just sort of making a home in that sense of rightness mm. in myself um, and knowing in some way that that's a birthright um, and to just stay committed to that, even if it you know takes long, much longer than I think it might. Yeah. So what, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> um, Good question. Um, to make that home, it, this is like a small little hack, but I think that it, it it's it's meaningful and it's been helpful for me. It's something that I use a lot. Um, when I feel really good and things feel really right, mm-hmm. I like I do this thing. I like call it taking an internal snapshot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like I sort of like just I'm like okay, I'm gonna remember this feeling. You know, just like put it yeah. away in the file, like consciously say like, that's going to go into long-term memory as this is what right is. And then I just sort of, and like, and revel in it and savor it and enjoy it and not take it for granted. I mm. think the gratitude is actually a really 
big piece of that. And I think having hardship is a really, you know, helps you have gratitude for when mm-hmm. things are good. Um, so I think um, staying staying grateful as much as possible, even even when it is hard, and seeing that there's lessons and you know things to mine out of that, um, and then taking those snapshots and and you know doing doing the work to stay connected to yourself so that you know what that sense of self is and mm. that sense of rightness is awesome i mean that I, often at the end of an acupuncture treatment i'll ask i'll invite whoever is you know sort of laying on the table to just take a moment to create a memory mm. like what yeah. does it feel like to be laying down yeah completely at peace calm relaxed and you know how can you come back to that memory later today when you're trying to fall asleep, whatever it is, yeah. as as a resource, and so, um, so I appreciate that. Yeah. And and we're so I love that you do that. Yeah, and yeah. we're so uh, like stuck with our phones and taking pictures with our phones that maybe we're not actually we're we're taking a picture of the visual, but are we? Is that attached to like the emotional experience, the embodied experience of of that moment? And w- you know, like why do we want to take a picture? because we're feeling a certain way. Mm. I mean, yes, there's maybe an aesthetic there, but like, and so are we doing that work, that piece of like capturing the feeling? I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just the, the piece around integrity. I think that that's really huge. Have you found like any consistent themes around falling out of integrity or like when, like what, what pushes you or pulls you or diverts you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Deep demons that go way far beyond myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, um, I mean, I think we all come in with, with different challenges and um, some of those are, are ours and some of those might go far beyond but regardless they're ours they're they're arising because they're here for us to solve them because mm. we, and we're given them because we have the capacity to liberate them to work through them um but you know i i've had like um pregnancy i i was like in many ways a very happy pregnant person but also like physically it very well worked well for me but mentally like the hormones and all of that was just very challenging for me in postpartum. I had, you know, intense mental health issues with that. Um, and the stress of doing the startup and all of that was not helpful in that context, but, um, yeah. So I think there's a very real connection for me with the bodily health and my mental health and just really staying committed to that, you know, infinity loop is I'm doing that with my hand. Um, but just, um, realizing that, like there's a way in which my the constitution of my body is very strong um, and it's easy for me to take advantage of that. But I think that having children in a way kind of activated a higher sensitivity in my mind and emotions and I can't quite take advantage of my body's constitution mm. in the mm-hmm. same way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I have to be a little bit more committed before I could just be like, eh, whatever, like okay I can drink I can do whatever it's right. fine and now it's like no that really messes me up the next day you uh-huh. know whatever so um just um you know finding a balance too because I you know in, when I was much younger had an eat- eating disorder and so I went for a long time just not restricting my eating at all because it was just that was the necessary like swing back yeah 
Um, and not to say that I was terribly unhealthy, just, you know, kind of ate whatever I want. Um, and uh, now I'm finding that just a little bit of restriction, you know, to keep myself in sort of a healthy, balanced state really helps with my emotional and mental health as well. Okay. Okay, so, so I'm hearing like that that body mind connection piece, yeah. um, and and just staying like, attuned to aware of what's going on for you, um, and and r- trying to correct more early and notice what's going on. Is that yeah 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 okay. So you know, since we are here, and you did create this amazing herbal blend or coke, you know yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> Does that play into your sense of resilience at all? Or do you, I mean, does that, yeah. Profoundly, um, actually, yeah. I I know I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid here, but um, <laughs> adaptogens, um, I mean, so there's there's my own personal experience with Rasa, and then there's also the, the science that I've had and the way that I can corroborate the bo- both between, between each other. Um, so... Personally, I've found that especially drinking Rasa over a long period of time Mm. um, and then at times stopping it. um, So when I was pregnant with my second, um, I just had an aversion to it in first trimester as so many things happen. Um, And so I didn't drink it for several months. And then when I started drinking it again, I was like, oh, that's I could really kind of feel what was happening in terms of like literally like a, a nervous system and um, like stress system toning. I was, I could feel it physically in my body. It was subtle, but, um, and the, just basically like the kid examples is, is a really good one. Like how quickly I get irritated at my kids and all the things that they do. Um, (laughs) my one child at the time, um, I just really noticed that that started to just balance out more and was just like, Oh, I have just, a little bit more rope and then uh-huh. the longer I've drank it the more that I can just feel that it's a little bit more like a, a bouncy feeling between stress and then coming back uh-huh. as opposed to like I spike and then I like come back and then I spike uh-huh. you know um, and the the way that adaptogens affect your nervous system and your endocrine system um, they your body has two main stress response systems, your HPA, your um, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and your sympathoadrenal system, your SAS. And it's it acts as a stressor or a good stressor. Mm-hmm. So it actually, it's kind of like exercise for those two systems. Right. So um, they mimic stress in the body, um, but in a good way, so that you're actually just like, those systems are getting a little bit stronger so that you freak out less quickly to stress you know it takes you know more time for you to to get impacted by stress and then you come back to a normal state more quickly as well um and usually you're at a less elevated state of stress as well right um so um i've i've really felt that in my own body and have been you know seeing now hundreds of people saying uh, corroborating the same thing and just saying like wow this really you know i'm more patient with my kids i'm a better partner with my you know my own partner, spouse, whatever. Um, and, um, so yeah, it's, it's been, um, I, I, I really, again, I know I am drinking my own Kool-Aid, but I do think that it's been one of the key things for me in being able to sustain all that I Uh am right now in terms of two kids and growing business and, you know, just all of that. Wow. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I'm an an herbalist and, um, 
in Chinese medicinal herbalism, everything is, it's about customized formulas, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, in general, you know, three people have a headache, they're going to each get their own herbal formula. It's a little bit like for them. Three different people are suffering from anxiety. They're going to get three different herbal formulas based upon what specifically the roots are for their anxiety. And so um, if I'm being, you know, I'll be honest, when I first was, I was like, oh, well, you can't make a formula that's like one size fits all. And totally. um, But the more I I like paid attention to it and and thought about it, and I really I really appreciate the balance that's there. And there's something sort of. Yeah, it's like a simple over over. Um, overarching sort of balance between the tonifying and the cleansing, the detoxing herbs, and it just really just seems like it really supports the body. And um, yeah, and so I yeah, I appreciate that. I guess is really as as an herbalist, like yeah. I can I can appreciate the um, the nuance of the of the formula, and, and so um, and often when I am working with someone one on one, and I give them an herbal formula. It's like, oh, you know, not quite right. The You know, we have to, like, adjust or tweak it or add yeah. a little bit more of something. And so I can imagine, I don't know how many versions of Rasa you guys went through before you perfected it, but... Yeah, um, we're probably on version, like, 40 right now. Wow. <laughs> yes. We adjust it a lot, you know, as we go along. Uh-huh. But you're, you're absolutely right. There is there is no one-size-fits-all. Um, and the herbalist who created it and Ben, who is continually working on the formula we're just constantly working to like, yes, there is no one size fits all, but we are getting as close as we possibly yeah. can to something that is going to be safe for and tonifying and nourishing right. for most people most of the time. Right. Um, and I think part of why that happens, it is the balance between the herbs and, and the energetics between the herbs. And then also the fact that it's 12 herbs means that you're not getting a ton of any one herb, right. which actually means that like, you know, we get a lot of people that are like, you know, rhodiola, that's a really intense herb. Uh-huh. And then, you know, like rhodiola on its own, absolutely. Yeah. Rhodiola in high doses, absolutely. But you balance that out with a really, you know, nourishing, moistening herb yeah. like Codenopsis uh-huh. or something and Shatavari, which is also yeah. really moistening. And you take in, in context and the rhodiola is very small in our formula, for right. example. And so it's just like everything's kind of spread out. And so you're just kind of getting this this tonic hit yeah. as opposed to like a more intense medicinal dose. Right. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's definitely um, sometimes the the more intense doses can are more likely to kind of push people in the wrong direction, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, cool. So I know you guys are really into sourcing and I, and, and from what I understand you personally have, um, a connection to, to spirit and to our responsibility towards, you know, the great mother, mother earth. And I'm curious if you could just talk a little bit about that and, and what that means to you and, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, more in my personal experience or with Rasa and how that lives in Rasa specifically? More in your personal experience. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, it, um, it's coming back to that sense of integrity that we were talking about before. Like, I never feel more myself than when I'm in nature. Um, and most of the spiritual practices and things that I've done have all had a very just like it's all about getting to nature and mm-hmm. and seeing ourselves as a, a connection and an expression of nature 
um, I really I do a lot of tea ceremony now and my tea teacher talks about he like does all these classes and all around the world and he very often asks people you know to touch the closest piece of earth and usually people you know get down and touch the ground and um, and he watches everybody and he's like wrong he's like you should be touching yourself um, mm. and um, that you know I just I, I, f I first really connected to that through Taoism. That was sort of my first um, spiritual access point, and I feel like it's it's a thread that has stayed consistent even as I went down Hindu paths and other things. Um, but that sense that you know we are an expression of the Tao, and and that there's no separation of that, um, no matter how far quote-unquote off path we get as well that's still the Tao mm. um and um I see the Tao as nature itself not just mother nature but the bigger nature as well um but that mother nature is a very um trustable access point to that yeah um for me personally and um it doesn't seem like when bringing it into business and that sort of stuff like I I don't think it's like sexy or cool or like the thing to do or like it's just literally like why is this not what everybody's doing like right. like yes. how is this even and then i actually in practice i see why it is because why it's not what everybody is doing because it's so much harder and so much more expensive mm. to do it sustainably um which is also like just uh, drives me insane um but yeah just the more i live my life aligned with that and rasa as an extension of me and you know impacting the world as it does um it like i just i couldn't sleep with myself right. if we didn't do it that way mm. it's interesting because i'm 100 percent with you around the like why is just this not how things are yeah right even though given like our social structures it's sort of and and modern society and how it's you know it can be close to impossible to like do all the things quote unquote in the right way or whatnot yeah. um but in this moment hearing you say how like it's it's so much more difficult and so much uh, more expensive um there's the part of me that was like well you know there's a way in which that honors mm -hmm. and 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 acknowledges and um, appreciates actually like the, the the value of everything like we've we've mm. created this world where um, where the, the the value isn't really reflected in the cost yeah and and what happens when you're striving to be in integrity with with yourself and with what the world needs all of a sudden value and and cost sort of come into more alignment yeah and, um you're integrating those yeah. downstream consequences right yeah right and and like and and then that impacts like how much we consume and what we consume and so i don't know that's just like an interesting kind of i never really actually thought of that until yeah. just now and it's interesting the piece that you mentioned about like nature and being out in nature and because that's one of our like practices for emotional resilience i think mm. that mm -hmm. it's the biggest recharger it's the biggest oh, uh, question. 
absorbent of like whatever it is that we're holding. Yeah. And, um, and, bef- you know, before I started hitting record, I was talking about resonance mm-hmm. and um, how there's a way in which nature kind of acts as a tuning fork for yes. us. I was just, when, as soon as you said resonance, I yeah. was like, yes, exactly. I feel like I start vibrating at that frequency. Right. And that's like a, the frequency of health yeah. and wholeness yeah. in an intact ecosystem. And yeah. even in an ecosystem that isn't, you know its fullest self it like like the imprint of it striving towards becoming its fullest self is like there Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. so and and that i think another um another thread that i've been hearing from you is is meaning Mm. um i don't know if you're familiar with victor frankel yeah yeah i've read so yeah men search for meaning exactly and um and just that idea that like the more in touch we are with a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and um and that like life has meaning that that actually serves as a resource and yeah. and that's can be like the bounce back yeah um yeah i feel like there's like a, a meaning muscle that uh-huh. you can strengthen in terms of just you know you you just have to use it and you have to make the meaning yourself um and and then apply it to and it's not about making too much meaning right. you know, there's, you, there's a balance yes um you know i see a lot on instagram where i'm like you maybe you might be reading into that too much but um, um but there is also there there's the life that's devoid of meaning and right. i think there that meaning muscle is is flaccid in those people yeah well, and, and, yeah and, and myself too like the times where i'm stuck in the in the pits you know like it's uh, i'm forgetting to flex when it goes both ways i think because actually meaning you know it can be heavy yeah like and and intense yeah and and without the levity of Mm. humor and joy and playfulness you can almost drown in the meaning like it's oh everything you know and you just i mean i've had periods of time when just like sort of got lost and like overthinking you know oh what is this doing and how is that you know just too serious i guess because meaning right it has like kind of a a gravity to it yeah and with the gravity that helps us keep us grounded and give us that purpose and something to push up against but at the same time having the playfulness and the levity um is important too absolutely which i appreciate you know when things like uh calling yourself a troll handler (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um um are there any other practices daily activities things that you've integrated into your life that have helped you navigate life in the world with more grace yeah um i mean like fundamentally it's like it's it's a little bit more about that that mindset and how you approach things Mm. and then it doesn't matter really what you're doing as long as you do something with that level of intention and consciousness Mm. um for me that you know specific practices like i light incense every day and say thank you um and i drink tea as much as i can and um tea ceremony has been a very recalibrating thing for me um when i drink tea in a ceremonial way um i can be drinking the nicest tea but if i'm not paying attention you know it's like doesn't quite quite work um but when i drink it in in the right way it's for me it's like i've been you know 
I can reach a state of meditation where it's like, wow, this is as if I was on retreat for the last week, mm -hmm. you know, just like, boom, right there. Um, it just puts me in that state. And um, I think imbibing things consciously is, mm -hmm. is actually really powerful. Um, and so like for me, tea and rasa are sort of my two main medicines. Um, I talk about how tea is my medicine for being and adaptogens and rasa are my wow. medicine for doing. Wow. Um, okay. And, um, yeah, but yeah. you know, even just one conscious, grateful sip and just connecting to the fact that like, this is a piece of nature. Like this is nature that took the sun and water and earth and made it into something that I am then taking into my body and just feeling that interconnectivity. Um, it gives me both perspective and just remembering that my problems are not so big mm. um, and that everything is existing in a much wider context. And also it's just, it's, it's self-nourishing, you know, it's just like something I'm, I'm taking this in and I'm allowing it to really, you know, touch me and penetrate me in some way. Um, so yeah, those, those are some specific things. Um, playing with my kids um, is a really big one. Yeah. Um, and um, let's see if there's anything else that, um, I mean, some of the Ayurvedic practices and health practices, like Abhyanga is, is something that um, really works well for me personally. Um, Abhyanga is the... Oil massage. Oil, yeah. 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 And I f um, I'm a, a very kind of windy constitution uh -huh. generally. And so that oil just really mm -hmm. helps bring me back down to earth. And I think our culture is very windy in yeah. general. Um, and, and so the climate here. Yeah. Boulder. And the climate particularly. Yeah. Yes. But also, you know, just social media is very fragmented. Yeah. You know, like just the whole, totally. the whole reality that we exist in very busy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that oiling just helps to ground and soothe the nervous system and bring everything a little yeah. bit back. Um, and it does feel like it literally gives me a little bit of additional buffer uh -huh. um, between me and the outside world. Just that little tiny layer of oil on my skin. That's funny because yeah. in the, the last podcast episode was about Ayurveda and musical medicine. And we, we touched on, on that. I actually, I call it it's silk baths nice. in our family. So, you know, we do it because um, yeah. my friend, she taught us about it and um and i was actually just recommending it to a patient earlier today it, and it is that just it's like a blanket yeah you know and it just kind of like that buffer like you said and our skin's our biggest organ so yeah just another way to like nourish ourselves and yeah 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 so those are those are some of the main ones for me hot water cool. in the morning yeah um mostly eating cooked foods and you know cooking myself as much as possible mm -hmm. um and for my family and and I think just you're talking about levity and, you know, not taking things too seriously. And I think it is um, easy to take things too seriously. Or maybe for me particularly, I might be that, you know, that might be a vein in me for years. I definitely did. Um, and I think coming out of that and realizing that human connection and fun and humor and just like the joy of togetherness and uh. of like having a long meal, like that Italian style, just like eat for... Mm hours and you know with candles and whatever like that um is i i think that's could not be more highly rated in terms of its importance for human health right and it's so and resilience you you touched when you when you're talking about the tea mm -hmm. um you just talked about like letting it really come in and mm -hmm. and really like receiving it mm -hmm. and appreciating it and noticing it and 
I think there's a way in which that's that slowness of like that long meal mm-hmm. like really like gets us into a place where we're we're really receiving everything mm-hmm. you know because we are we move so you can't actually make that contact as quick like as easily as you know quickly yeah and so um just just thinking about that in terms of um Right, like being able to appreciate life in in each moment by actually letting it all in. And you have to have space Mm -hmm. to be able to let it all in. And and often we're full of wind, you know, like we're just, everything's just... Go, go, go. Go, 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 and it's moving. And and so um, so I was really just appreciating what you were saying about that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The long meal and it it takes time. It you does. can't have a five minute meal that nourishes you as much right. as like a three hour one. Yeah, for sure. Right. No matter, it could be the best meal in the world. You know, like cooked by the best person, but it's not going to be the same as like having a few of your closest people and family together for a home cooked yeah meal with feeling like a lot of space to just enjoy each other. Yeah, that feels more difficult with children. Sometimes. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I guess I'm wondering if there's anything else that kind of is is alive in you right now that's wanting to be shared or spoken or um, whether it's around the theme of emotional resilience or I think um, one thing that is popping up is um, just for for me you know it's a constant remembering and forgetting and remembering again and then forgetting again Mm -hmm. Um, that we can actually self-regulate through our breath. Um, and it's really, you know, we, we go through most of our, most of us go through our days using a relative fraction of our lung capacity. And, um, I've really experienced it and noticed it myself. And just that, like, if I consciously use more constantly, you know, Mm. and just make that a practice, make that my second attention, so, you know, I have my primary attention doing whatever I'm doing, but then I'm just having some level of attention on my breath forgetting 150 times a day and then coming back to right. it as many times as, as one more time than I forget is the ideal. Um, but yeah, that there actually is just, that's our built in system. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always there. It's completely free. You don't have to have any measure of, like, you know, privilege or money or anything to be able to access it. And, um, it's, yeah, it's something that I constantly need reminders for myself, but, um, when I'm in more of a practice for it, it's, you know, probably the most powerful tool I have for mm. emotional resilience. That's really, um, big. Thank you for, for rem- remembering to share that and the yeah. guy I, I like was like here's a question an open-ended <laughs> question tell me anything and there you just dropped that that beautiful powerful piece of of reminder that um actually if you look behind you there's a little oh no it's it's somewhere it's in the other room we have the the rebecca's apothecary has a spritzer bottle yeah. that's breathe and oh nice just like smells so good and we keep it everywhere in the house so we can awesome. spritz ourselves and but um yeah, I think that 
that that I call that the the fifty fifty game mm. where like fifty percent of my attention is on my own body and what's going on in my own body, and then fifty percent of my attention is on who I'm connecting with or whatever's going on around me, and just the amount. I mean, it's a hard practice. Yeah. Um, but it the amount of information you can glean from like your internal feelings and the amount of of regulation, and sometimes even noticing like, oh, I'm feeling. Oh, I'm actually feeling what they are feeling as they're talking about it, kind of like yeah. the mirror neuron thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's just take a breath together. Yeah. Okay. It starts with one breath. Yeah. And hopefully everyone listening can. It's like, oh, yeah, I have a breath, too. I don't have to just listen. <laughs> right. I can take a breath, too, and just notice it and notice my breathing. You know? Yeah. Um, well, thank you again so much. Yeah. yeah thanks um, for having me. I really appreciate being yeah. here. It's been really nice to connect with you. Is there anything, um, if people wanted to get in touch or, you know? Yeah, uh, wearerasa.com. Okay. And uh, we are Rasa on the gram as well. Uh-huh. Um and uh, any questions or anything at your service at We Are Rasa. Great. Yeah. And I will uh, put all those links in the show notes. And awesome. um, yeah, I really appreciated this. I hope everyone listening um, gleaned something worthwhile. If Even if it was just to remember that you are a being with a breath and to breathe, um, that there's a lot of resources both internally, um, in your own body, in your own mind to... Um, strengthen and grow yourself and that also the world is a full of an abundance of humans and uh, plants and beings that are all here to support you on your journey if uh, you ask and are willing to receive indeed and and really let it take it in take it in yeah so hopefully thank you for taking in this podcast all of it um, and if you enjoyed it and you have a friend or a family member or somebody who you think might enjoy listening to this conversation, feel free to forward it along. And, um, if you have any questions for me, um, Noah, Noah at heartseedhealth.com and, uh, you can download that, uh, guide with practices for emotional resilience on our website and, um, yeah i'm gonna download it awesome i'm excited to check it out great uh thank you so much and look forward to connecting next time cheers the seeds we sow must break open